0: So you'll never believe what happened to me. I'm still in Costa Rica, and the other day, I was out by the pool with my insulin pump. And usually, if you have an insulin pump, then you, I don't know what pump you have, but normally it'll tell you if it's overheating. My pump was fine. I came inside to have a shower, took it off, jumped in the shower, and all of a sudden, it started beeping the beep of doom. And I went out, and I looked at it, and it had a malfunction code. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I call Tandem and usually the Tandem pump, I've had no issues until the last couple months. My last pump, the battery died. And then this one, which I had that one for like well over a year, but then this one just got a malfunction code right when i'm in costa rica i just decided to stop working so i'm back to injections and it's been to be honest it's been a little bit of a roller coaster just getting used to just getting used to my basal settings again and i was i started by splitting my doses from like giving myself a little bit more in the evening and then a little bit less in the morning and i'm taking lantis so the onset for Lentis, I think it's like 12 hours. So I try to time it out properly, but I'm still just getting used to those doses. So it's been a bit of a ride. And then, of course, this is maybe just a reminder if you are planning on traveling anywhere, And you're using an insulin pump make sure that you always 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 have backup injections because you never know what's going to happen and this is just one of those times and i'm really really glad that i brought backup injections and i brought a whole ton of insulin but i didn't plan on this happening so i definitely did not bring enough injections i brought a hundred injections so i went to the pharmacy here in costa rica and i was able to get just a box of those i call them the junkie needles because they're just the old school plastic ones that i remember using when i was first diagnosed like 20 years ago but they are gonna they'll do the trick so i got a box of a hundred of those and it's just i guess a little bit reassuring to know that Wherever you are, whatever country you live in or plan on traveling to, I mean, I'm my home is a long way from Costa Rica, but it's just nice to know that there, there are places that you can get these needles. So I didn't even need a prescription or anything. I just went in and bought 100 needles, which can't do that in the States, but I'm really, really thankful. So I'm still in Costa Rica and I don't really know how long I'm going to be here for. So I bought a one-way flight when I left California because last time I came, I ended up staying a lot longer than I had planned. It's just so nice here. So I this time I just bought a one-way and I was able to find, it's called onewayfly.com. And you can, they'll like reserve a plane ticket for you because coming to certain countries, Costa Rica being one of them, you can only um, you can only come into the country if you have proof of a return flight home or proof that you're leaving the country because they have a you know policy where you can only stay a certain amount of days. And so I was able to reserve a ticket, 20 bucks through OneWayFly.com. And I'm still here. I don't know exactly how long I'm going to stay. Probably not too, too long, just because I'm going to miss my boyfriend. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening back at home as well that I need to get home for. But for now, I'm in Costa Rica and I'm going to finish up writing my book here and just hang out a little bit longer with the family. So that is just the crazy news. I'm like, is it bad luck? I was at first, I'm like, Am I supposed to be staying in Costa Rica? Like maybe I should just go home early, but we're still here and we're we're trying to figure out the injections game. So, that is that. And today, we are going to be talking about anxiety and just overcoming anxiety because if you struggle with anxiety, then you know it's not fun. It's not fun at all and It's not something that I talk about a lot, but anxiety is something that I have struggled with since I was 11 years old. And through my own personal journey, I have found ways of overcoming it. And for so long, it was so debilitating for me. And so I really wanted to share some of these tips that that have helped me overcome my anxiety in hopes that they may be able to help you as well. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And If you have not already done so, please take this next couple seconds to subscribe to this podcast if you do enjoy it. And if you enjoy listening to these episodes and these episodes are inspiring to you in any way, please do take a minute to leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you enjoy most about this podcast because when you take the time to do that, not only does it mean a lot to me, but it ensures that this podcast can reach other people, those people who would also benefit from hearing this content so thank you so much for your support of this show welcome to the more than just a type podcast a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life i'm your host taja cato expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. My definition of anxiety would be like an uninvited dinner guest creeping up on you and trying to rob you of your happiness and your freedom. Because if you have also struggled with anxiety, then you know as well that it really makes you feel like you're dying. (laughs) It makes you feel like you're alone, like you're dying, like you're not safe, and that you have no control at all. And that's a really scary feeling. I had my very first panic attack when I was 11 years old, and they got so bad to the point where I I couldn't even get out of the car to walk into my violin lessons because I just had this constant anxiety and panic like something horrible was gonna happen. And I couldn't, it was like repetitive things that would trigger it. So a fan on the ceiling that was going and going and making a repetitive noise, that would send me into an anxiety attack. Or if I was at the movie theater, just the loud sounds around me, that would send me into an anxiety attack. Or driving in the passenger seat of a car, somehow I think it just made me feel like I had even less control and I would start getting anxiety. And it was so horrible because people didn't really understand what it was like because it's really hard to explain anxiety it's like you feel unsafe and it's all it's all a mind game right like you but it feels so real to the point where you literally can't sometimes even leave the house so it makes you also feel a little bit alone because people don't really understand and even my mom asking me Taja do you have anxiety right now the word anxiety when I was a kid would literally put me into a panic attack. So when I was younger, I think I was maybe I was like 11 or, you know, I was around that age. My parents, they were very into macrobiotics and different herbal medicine and Chinese medicine. And they had more of an alternative approach to healing and medicine. And so when I was 11, I was taking I can't remember which one it was, but it was like a homeopathic remedy. So it's all natural and it's supposed to help with anxiety, but it didn't really do anything. And then when I got a little bit older, I think I was in my teens. I don't really remember how old I was, but I went to see a therapist and she, I remember, just it was so weird. I I remember thinking in my head, this is complete bullshit, because she had me sit in a chair and she's like, close your eyes and picture the happiest place you can think of. What do you see? And I'm like, I don't know, like clouds. I'm like, I don't freaking know, right? I'm, I I thought it was just the the silliest thing ever. So tried that didn't really work and then I saw another doctor and she prescribed me Ativan which is like Xanax so I was on that when I was younger but I only took it if I really felt like I needed it like when you have anxiety it's I mean everyone's anxiety is going to be different but for me mine was it would come on if I started thinking about it and then I would get a panic attack. And so the doctor, and I didn't want to take pills either. Pills scared me. I didn't want to get addicted to anything. But the doctor said, you know, just having it on hand in case of an emergency will just kind of ease your mind a little bit because it's all mental. So just knowing that you have it, like that safety net to catch you when you're falling will just help you help make you feel safer and get through those times so often I wouldn't even have to take them and I didn't like taking them because they made me really sleepy so but I was prescribed them because my anxiety attacks were so bad and my mom would so she has always been really deep into yoga. And she did her yoga training in India. She was taught from some of the very best yogis. I don't think any of them are alive now. I don't even know their names. But she was in India for years and trained with them. And so she's very, she's very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, yogic breathing, like pranayama. And so she would always tried to teach me pranayama when i was younger but of course i didn't want to hear anything of it because i was i was very rebellious as a child and if you don't know what pranayama is it's taking um really deep uh breaths so it's all about breathing and there's a lot of healing that you can do through your breath work and there, i mean you can google it or you could I, i think if you're doing it specifically for certain things Not so much for anxiety, but it can be healing for a lot of other traumas in your life. And so sometimes people will say that you need to, you know, have someone there, like an instructor or whatever. But I think just really focusing on breath in general when you are in times of panic or even stress, right? Like breathing can be very healing. But pranayama is something that my mom really, really tried to help me with. And it wasn't until later on in my life that I started taking it a little bit more seriously. So from age 11 into my mid-20s, I really struggled with anxiety. And it, it got so bad that I remember this really one embarrassing time when I was at the movie theater with my boyfriend at the time. We went in, we got our tickets, and I was like, it, there was just so many people around and I'm like, I'm like, I literally can't do this. Sorry. And we had to leave. I had to make him leave the movie the theater after we had gotten our tickets. So that was super embarrassing, but it was really debilitating and it stopped me from doing a lot of things. And it me, it was really stressful because it makes it. It really does make you feel like you're about to die, and it's such a mental thing. Even though having been prescribed pills in the past, and it's not something that you know. I, I think a lot of people don't really talk about that kind of stuff because it's embarrassing a little bit for some people because no one wants to see themselves as having a mental illness or just having something wrong with them in general, or you know. It, It can be embarrassing or shameful for some people that I think maybe, or maybe I'm wrong, but I think some people would rather have a natural approach. And I know that I was one of those people for a long time, but I, so I am, I do think like if people need pills, obviously if it helps just to know that you have something, on hand if you need it, if that helps you kind of get through it. But I don't ever think that you should just mask the issue with pills. Like it's it's not a solution. It's more of a blanket and it's not going to rid your anxiety. It's just going to kind of put a band-aid over it. So I think that if someone were to take pills, you really do need to do the deep work as well to figure out what is going on in order to really work through it because that's the only way that you're really going to be able to get rid of your anxiety. So I remember seeing this one doctor when I was a teenager and she asked me some really important questions when it came to my anxiety. And these are questions that I will always remember and what she told me I want to share with you. So she said that anxiety is triggered by past traumas in your life. So things that when you're in a certain situation, your brain will actually trigger that exact same response and the same emotions during that you had during those traumatic events. And it does that in a way to keep you you safe because your body is trying to protect you essentially from anything happening to you again. So in short, your anxiety is actually trying to keep you safe. And that's what my doctor said. And I'll always remember that. And she also asked me, so when she told me that she was like, what kind of traumatic experiences have you had in your life? And at that age, you know, I was trying to think and I, I'm like, I, nothing really, (laughs) because everything that I thought that had really affected me, I, I guess I never really thought of it as A traumatic experience because when I compared what my life looked like at that time to other people's lives, I was like, well, I haven't really had anything super traumatic happen. Like, no one's really died. I, you know, nothing super bad has happened in my mind. And so I started like listing off a few things, but I'm like, they're not really that traumatic. My parents divorced when I was 11, and I got type 1 diabetes when I was 9. But she's like, no, those things are traumatic. So when I do think back now in my older life, I'm like, sure, those things are you know, they do affect you. I think when you're at a certain age, and sometimes you even have to go back and just think of things that happened that were really hard that you had to go through that early in life. And then later in your adult years, you look back and you're like, hmm, if that happened now, it wouldn't really be so bad. So sometimes I think we, we're so easy to judge ourselves, but just looking back to see what maybe happened. And so we kind of went through that. But again, it didn't really stick. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't know. It never really helped my anxiety. So it wasn't until I was 26 years old, and I decided to finally get a Dexcom, which is a CGM and modern monitor, monitors your blood glucose. And As a type 1 diabetic, I'm like, all right, you know, for so long I tried to hide my disease, but I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready to do this. And so I got one and it wasn't until I got a CGM and I could see my trends with my blood sugar, it wasn't until I got one that I realized my main trigger for anxiety is when my blood sugar is trending upwards. So not even when my blood sugar is high, but when I'm trending up, it triggers this, I guess, maybe hormonal response in my body, obviously, yeah, hormonal, that causes my body to have anxiety. And so now it makes me think back to what that doctor had told me, but just in a different lens, because I do believe that when you have anxiety, Your body is protecting yourself and it's trying to tell you that something isn't right. And so that could even be on a deeper level like your blood sugars if you have type 1 diabetes. So for me, it's not the anxiety that my blood sugar is going upwards. It's the actual response that I feel inside of my body because my blood sugar is trending upwards, if that makes sense. So just knowing that and just knowing that my body is trying to protect me by giving me anxiety, like, hey, your blood sugar is going up, watch your sugars, right? That just makes me immediately kind of let go of that fear. Because when you are having a panic attack, when you have anxiety, you have this sort of loss of control. You literally feel like you have no control. It's scary. You feel like you're dying. And so just having, getting a bit of that control back allows you to let go and the anxiety goes away. And then I'll look at other areas in my life. So if I'm having anxiety and my blood sugar is fine, which usually if I'm having anxiety, it's normally because my blood sugar is trending up or it's about to, because sometimes I can feel it coming on before my sugars even show on my Dexcom. But other times, if I am super stressed, overwhelmed, lack of sleep, all of these things I found affect me and trigger my anxiety. So it, I think it's really important if you do suffer from anxiety, really look at these areas in your life and try to pinpoint anything that's going on. Are you feeling super stressed out? Or like, what's going on in your life? And maybe try to make note and spot trends, just like looking at a Dexcom. And when it comes to debilitating anxiety, if you look a little bit deeper and really try to pinpoint these triggers when you're having them, it's really going to help you. And just so you know, it doesn't happen overnight. In fact, for starters, I didn't get a CGM until I was 26 years old. It took me 18 years but just having that information helped me to really understand things about myself that I wouldn't have otherwise known. Not saying that your anxiety is caused the same as mine, it could look completely different but when you start becoming more aware of the signs and the triggers and spotting patterns you can kind of just get to know yourself that much more and you can truly understand what's going on behind the scenes and you'll realize like, hey, I'm not dying. I'm going to be okay. So awareness is what really changes everything because when you know yourself well enough, you no longer allow those triggers to get to you. And sometimes it could be stuff that you don't really want to look at stuff that's triggering your anxiety that is part of your subconscious that you've pushed back for so long that you just don't really know. Or maybe it's more of a physical response that you're having to something else. If you look at our world today, there's so much going on. There's so much stimulation and there's a lot of stress. And I think that just really looking into all of these areas and trying to pinpoint things is going to be helpful. And hey, if you do have type 1 diabetes, maybe start monitoring your blood sugars a little bit more. Maybe get a CGM if you don't have one just so you can see the trends. Because often anxiety from my point of view is some some sort of trigger that something's not right and it can feel a lot scarier than it is. When it comes to overcoming anxiety, I can't promise that it's going to be easy. In fact, having the right support system around you might be crucial when you're ready to dive deep, especially, but I promise that you can do it and when you do, you'll Unlock the door to a whole new world of self discovery, the door that takes you from pain and suffering to freedom and enlightenment, so that you can transform into that beautiful butterfly you were always meant to be. And to start, I'm going to give you some really important questions to ask yourself. So if you're feeling anxiety, I want you to ask yourself, why am I so anxious right now? Am I stressed? Am I overwhelmed? How is my blood sugar? Where am I feeling out of alignment in my life right now? If you answer yes to any of them, I want you to ask yourself, why am I stressed right now? And why does that stress you out so much? Dig a little deeper and see if you can pinpoint any of these areas. Then I want you to breathe, I want you to close your eyes, and I really want you to try to focus on anything and everything that you're grateful for, for one to two minutes, or hey, even 30 seconds if that's all you've got. The important thing is that one, you're getting in touch with your feelings and practicing more self-awareness, and two, that you take a moment to remove yourself from the hectic and craziness of your life and any sort of stressful environment and that environment could even be what what's going on in your head like what's going on in your mind so if you can take the time to really tune out the noise and tune into yourself and just sit in a state of gratitude it can really help you and i know it sounds a little bit silly at least i thought it did when i first started doing it but it's a great place to start because i really do believe that self-awareness is the key to Really letting go of anxiety. It's helped me so much. And it doesn't mean that you need to figure it all out right away. You don't need to diagnose all of these triggers all at once. But just becoming a little bit more aware really can help you a great deal. And if you are wanting some inspirational info, if you think that it might just help you along your journey to Letting go and overcoming your anxiety, I've put together my inspiration library. And inside of that library, there is a gratitude meditation. And it's a great way to get started if you are not used to meditating because it literally only takes a couple seconds. And it's a guided meditation that I made up myself, it's something that I do every single morning and you can listen to it once and then kind of just make it your own if you want, but you could do it for 30 seconds or shorter or longer, however long you need, but it'll just put you in that state of gratitude and if you just focus on your breath You could look into pranayama if you want, if that's a path that you are interested in taking, but that could really be great for helping anxiety as well. And if you're type one diabetic or diabetic at all, then getting a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, is really life-changing, at least for me. I hope this episode was helpful to you. And if you enjoy it, please do take a minute to subscribe. Leave me a five-star review. Let me know your biggest takeaway. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you same time next week. Next week, we are going to be doing a Q&A and I'm going to be answering some of your most burning questions. Really excited about this episode. There's going to be a lot of fun takeaways. So I'll talk to you then.